Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, welcome to the program. Good morning, Dr. Paul. It feels like I'm just next door, <laughs> because I am. <laughs> That's right. Well, we, had, we didn't get our new studio last night, so we had a little problem, but we got Zoom, and we're going to Zoom our information out to our friends, and we're going to stay on the ball and on the job. But anyway, I want to thank uh, all our viewers for tuning in today. We have sort of like a follow-up on what happened and what we talked about yesterday, and that has to do with uh, what's going on in the British Empire, especially in England. All of a sudden, you know, they uh, they changed the rules and uh, uh, they they are essentially discontinuing the COVID uh, mandates. And uh, I can't help but think, Daniel, that this is related to the fact that uh, 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 the one thing that we've emphasized on our program is when people are hypocritical. And mm -hmm. Boris Johnson, he has a little bit of hypocrisy in him. Uh, and I think we have one or two that uh, pretend they work in Washington, but they just antagonize us in Washington. And, and that is they write the rules and mandate and give all, give all these orders. And then they're too good to have to follow their own rules. And it is sort of like a crooked cop. You know, you have cops who enforce the law, but uh, they never apply to them. And uh, there's a lot of politicians like that. So I think that helped do this. And the people, uh, you know, decided that they, they, they put some pressure on them. So it does show that uh, there it's, it's still possible to wake people up. And that's why I think these... Uh, uh, people resisting mandates and standing up against them. The numbers are important, even though we try very hard to emphasize the philosophic principles that will motivate the people to stand up. And I think this is good. So, Daniel, I, I think this is a, a good thing that's happened to, uh, today and yesterday, that they're backed off and they're going to not uh, mandate. I think, I think the position of the fanatics that want to push all these mandates, I think their clout is fading. And uh, the faster yeah. they fade, the better off we'll all be. Yeah, it's a huge deal, Dr. Paul, because what's going to, and of course, the, the political component cannot be ignored. Johnson's in the fight for his life. While he was locking everyone else down, he was having booze parties uh, with his staff at his own house uh, out back, many of them uh, BYOB parties. So he's in the fight for his life there. Uh, he's also fighting against a changing uh, view of things, his unpopularity of having shut down in the first place. And so that's why he announced yesterday the end of Plan B, which is an end to all vaccine passports, an end to a, the mask requirements, um, the end for working from home. You actually got to go back to work. Of course, that only applies to the white-collar workers. The, the, the lowly uh, blue-collar workers always have to. It's a huge deal. And what it's, it, the implications for, the, for, for Europe are huge. Places like France, Italy, Greece, if you don't have a vaccine, which we know doesn't work against the current strain of the virus, even the CDC uh, has admitted. If you don't have it, you're fined. You can't be a citizen. You can't, uh, you know, the president of France, you're a non-citizen if you don't have the shot. The implications are going to be used because what's going to happen in the UK is that 
the Omicron virus has peaked already, just like it did in South Africa. Everyone laughed at South Africa when they said, this is a real quickie. It shoots to the stars, and then it shoots right back down, and thankfully there's not a lot of deaths involved. Everyone said, oh, they must be lying because they're not vaccinated down there, which they're not. So it's huge. But I'm going to toss it back over to you, to Dr. Paul. But the other thing that's important is, yes, in, in, Brit- in, in, in England, yes, that's a huge, significant thing. But also a follow-up to Israel, which we've been talking about, the finance minister there has announced these vaccine passports make no sense and they should be scrapped. That's a senior, senior official in the Israeli government saying we got to stop this stuff. Yeah, that, that announcement uh, in, in Israel is great. Lieberman made that announcement, and he's uh, also the foreign minister, and he is a well-known individual because he's in the news a lot. But this is good that this information came out. You know, and I like these two things that we have mentioned because uh, I've, I've always made the point that we'll never, never have, you know, the society that we visualize, you know, a perfectly free society that doesn't exist because man is not perfect. But I'll tell you what, the measurement I use for personal evaluation is which direction are we moving in? Is it getting worse? Now, these past two years have been really tough because uh, I work hard at trying to say, well, if we do the right thing and the right ideas are there, things are going to improve. So, so right now, I would say that uh, I'm a little bit vindicated on this because a few things have happened recently and it hasn't been straight downhill. There's a lot of problems out there. There's a lot of concerns that we have and they're not gonna give up easy. And the, the, the worst thing is, is, is we're gonna suffer consequences economically. And I, I I've maintained no proof, but I maintain that individuals who are in charge of policy in Washington, Republicans and Democrats, had a motivation to actually use COVID and the lockdown to distract from the real problem that everybody knows we have right now. Prices are going up. Prices going up means the destruction of the dollar is there. And spending too money is the issue. That is not a popular issue. Oh, the solution is you want to cut the budget in half. Yeah, we ought to, you know, and uh, take your medicine and get over it. Because if you keep taking these poison, the poisons of spending and, and more, but at least in this incident, we can say they are moving in the right direction. And uh, let's hope we can keep the momentum going and get people to understand, the, you know, the importance of less government is what we need, not more government. Well, it is significant in Israel, and uh, Lieberman, again, uh, is, uh, there's a great quote that he had. He said, there is no medical or epidemiological logic in the Green Pass, which is their vaccine passport. Many experts agree, he said. There is, however, direct harm to the economy, to daily operations, and not insignificant contribution to daily panic in the, in the public. That's great, Lieberman. Two years too late. You've already terrorized your population. You shot them full of stuff. It's not working. Um, but better late than never. And I think, and we do have a great piece on the Ron Paul Institute website, ronpaulinstitute.org, by C.J. Hopkins called The End of the Covidian Cult. And I think this, just Dr. Paul, as the Berlin Wall uh, came down, uh, starting with one brick. Uh, these are two very big bricks. And I think the wall is coming down. And I think what we're going to hear 
And you're going to remember this, Dr. Paul, from 2007 and 2008. Oh, well, I was never really for the Iraq war. No, I mean, uh, or they will say, well, nobody ever expected this to go wrong. And then we're going to start hearing a lot of this kind of stuff. And, and those of us uh, who, who nailed it from the beginning, especially you, Dr. Paul, there's going to be some temptation to recriminations. Um, and that may come later. Uh, but I think right now, uh, the signs are good. The lights are green. Uh, I think the next domino to fall, the next brick in this Berlin Wall, will be on the continent of Europe. Uh, and that'll be good news. Because once that starts falling, uh, then it's all over. And hopefully people like Macron might end up in the dock. Who knows? <laughs> uh, well, there's another potential good news story coming because I think uh, that individual that uh, has been presenting all these horrible things to, for the people to do, Dr. Fauci, I think it's safe to say he has now lost some credibility and a he lot. might not be here for a long, long time because he is not where he was a year or two ago. Uh, I, I hope it cuts into his salary. The taxpayers pay him a lot of money. And, you know, the other day we found out his, his wife does pretty good, too. Yeah. She, works, she works for the government, too. 197000 something more, more than they more than they really earn. But there is another uh, movement in this direction that we can uh, tie on to this, and that is what the World Health Organization has said. They said there is uh, no evidence that uh, uh, giving booster shots and jabbing the kids is of any value. I would say that's a step in the right direction because I don't remember, they might not have been the worst, and I'm sure there's some good people that uh, try to be as honest as possible, but uh, this is a, a precise statement that I think goes along with some of these other things that we're talking about, and I think that's good news. Yeah, and it also kneecaps Biden once again. Basically, Biden is the reverse Midas. Like, everything he touches turns to garbage rather than gold. You know, his big thing is you got to get your kids boosted. They were pushing, the CDC was pushing, I'm sure Pfizer didn't have an interest in it, right? They're pushing for giving kids the boosters. Um, and the WHO came out and said there is no need to give boosters to young people. And it's a shame because places like Hungary, a great country, but uh, they've gone cuckoo uh, for the virus. They're giving shots to these kids. Look, you know, we're seeing a huge increase of myocarditis. Uh, the, the, the statistics cannot be ignored when you look at previous years compared to this year. Um, it's very clear that this poses almost zero risk to kids. Uh, and the, the WHO coming out and saying this, uh, as corrupt as they probably are, it definitely, definitely undercuts Biden's narrative uh, on, the, on the shots, the boosters, uh, and the way to deal with the virus. I want to talk today a little bit, uh, Daniel, about uh, this commission that's investigating, that is searching for the truth about January 6th. Yeah. I would say that they're coming up short. I This, this thing really, you, you know, there are a lot of bad things that happen in these investigations. I say all commissions, uh, you know, Kennedy investigation commissions and, and 9-11 commissions uh, are usually designed uh, to uh, exonerate the the guilty, take it, not don't show who really did it, and also 
uh, just to deceive the people and uh, somebody benefit. And so there's a distortion. But this this thing that's going on, uh, I think it it's so bold on their part uh, having this commission. Oh yes, uh, well, yeah. Well, we wrote a whole, uh, we wrote a, a, a rule, a house rule to set up this commission to investigate what was going on. So we'll uh, we'll have Republican representation, which turns out to be a farce. They put uh, two people in that would have actually asked, asked a few decent questions. So they kick them out and then they put in the two Republicans who are no more Republicans, conservatives, libertarian, anything. I mean, they're in the palm of their hands and they say, they say this is a, a serious investigation. That is, that is a farce is what's, what's going on. And uh, the, uh, uh, this whole thing about Babbitt now, uh, Ashley Babbitt. This is this is so it's so criminal. Of course, she was shot by a policeman. But it, there's some videos that just came out showing wow. her uh, actually trying on four occasions. They had her videoed telling the police back, you know, back off. Why don't you why don't you stop this violence and stop this ransacking? She tried to tell them that they had a job. It's sort of like the police standing on the corner corners all last uh, last summer and they yep. didn't care about how many windows were broken and how much was stolen and they would just stand there with their arms folded and that's what just infuriated her and uh she had been outside talking to people to, to the police trying to get them to back off she did go in the building and oh uh the policeman had shot her who was never quizzed, never, never questioned. He says, well, I just didn't know uh, who, who she was or anything. Yeah, sure. But that, that's, that, that to me is, is just so, so bad. And uh, the, the media has, um, you, you know, told so many lies in this case of, about her, but it, <clears throat> it is not going to get to the bottom of it all. And the other thing is <clears throat> all the Republicans if they were treated fairly, you don't have to have a revolution. You don't even have to throw all the Democrats out. But if you just had some honesty there, don't you think the evidence of all the films, the thousands of hours of film that they have of this, uh, it's not available to the Republicans. And they call this an investigation. These people should be laughed off the stage. And, and uh, yet they still get the attention and uh, the loyalty test is you got to be saying, well, this is the this is the way we're going to get to Trump. And this is their if this is the only thing they have, eventually, I think they're going to uh, lose it, too, just as the, as they're starting to lose the whole scenario about uh, about the lockdowns. Yeah, it's very interesting, because if the January 6th commission had any amount of seriousness, if it wasn't just a political trial of a whole mass of voters half the country if it was anything serious they would release the the u.s congress owns fourteen thousand hours of video recording of what happened that day they refused to release any of it and now we're finding out why like you said and this is um investigative reporter taylor hansen uh came up with some of this new video it was shot by someone who was right next to uh to ashley babbitt and it demonstrates something very very opposite of what the narrative is which is that babbitt was a crazed trump supporter intent on violence um no the actual story when you look at a frame-by-frame -frame analysis is very different as you say 
it shows her four times as this group of protesters approached the door to Nancy Pelosi's office and began vandalizing it. Four times she yelled at them saying, stop it, stop doing this, stop breaking things, stop breaking the door. They ignored her, so out of frustration, she began yelling at the police officers, stop this, why are you guys doing nothing? Why aren't you stopping this violence and this uh, destruction? And when she could tell that the police officers were not going to do anything either, that's when she felt threatened and she tried to escape. She tried to escape out that broken window. And as soon as she attempted to do that, Officer Michael Birch shot her in the neck and killed her in cold blood. As you say, he was interviewed by NBC News. He said, I didn't know if it was a man or a woman. I didn't see the hands. I didn't see anything. I just shot. Uh, so that says everything you need to know about what happened. We're learning more and more. The narrative on this is, uh, is, uh, uh, is disintegrating. Here's something else that I didn't realize, Dr. Paul, which I think is particularly disgusting. This officer, Bird, he immediately went on GoFundMe and he raised for himself $122,000 to put in his pocket, I guess, if to compensate him uh, for having to kill this unarmed woman. So the whole thing is disgusting. It's coming apart, uh, and we're certainly happy to see it, and you know, more and faster, as Michael Ledeen would say. Very good. And I want to come up with another subject here related to uh, uh, COVID and how they've distorted the news for the past two years. And this has uh, some medical connotations to it. So to me, it's very interesting. But it's interesting to a lot of people because a lot of people are waking up. And that's uh, the the one thing that they have done uh, these past two years has eliminated the doctor-patient relationship where they can talk about alternative medical care, any natural purpose, natural immunity, things like that becomes, uh, you know, uh, treasonous, uh, uh, in, in quotes, of course. And, and they, they actually uh, can lose jobs and still being treated that way. You can't even talk about anything else. And also, look at Look at what they did to Joe Rogan when he said, I think it was Joe Rogan, when he said he took ivermectin and it ridiculed him. And I guess what? His audience went with from 1 million to 2 million. And uh, they don't like him because he he gets as many people watching his show as some of the TV companies get. So anyway, uh, this this is something that is very, uh, very important because Brazil released a study and they they had involved 150,000 people in this study. And uh, this, uh, uh, and, and it was detailed use of ivermectin. And uh, I want to just read exactly what the statistics were, because to me, this is fantastic. And yet they have been punished and they're not allowed to use it. And you have to take these Mac mandates and people are suffering the complications. And now, well, there are so many statistics to show that if you've had, uh, you, you know, a vaccine and some booster, you're more likely to get, to get the COVID virus, one of the variants. I mean, it is so bad. Uh, this thing is over. The, the uh, epidemic is, is over. And that's why the good news where in England and uh, Israel, they're starting to realize it's better. But, but <clears throat> just think if uh, what we have been denied uh, uh, <clears throat> who, who knows how much good could have come about? But this study showed that 
there was a 44% reduction in the number of people who were found to be infected. Not too bad. 56% were decreased, less people hospitalized. But then again, one of the best tests of all this stuff on what's happening, what you do in natural immunity all, is how many people actually die from this. And that, those numbers are you know, frequently distorted and used to, uh, to paint a picture that will benefit their cause. But 70% decrease in the deaths from COVID. So I would say, Daniel, this is this is close to criminal. But once again, it's back to this whole thing about liability. This would not happen if you didn't have the financing by inflation and taxation. You wouldn't have it uh, where the drug companies are immune. They have they have government immunity. We need natural immunity for our patients, but they have government immunity. They're not liable for anything, and uh, therefore. Or the people, how about the people, not even the pharmaceuticals, the people who write the laws and threaten you with your job and intimidate and, uh, and say that if you, if you do, if you talk about it, you're going to lose your job. And th that, that to me, that's uh, uh, a criminal act to have done this. And then people ended up dying because they didn't have access. But the biggest thing, the most important thing is the denial of personal liberty personal choices and volunteerism and what we do in life, whether it's medical treatment or whether it's our personal habit. And solving our problems is no more complicated than that. Yeah, and it's very, it's very significant. As you say, it's 150,000 people they studied. They studied it toward the second half of 2020. It was a very uh, carefully peer-reviewed study. Uh, it was just published this past week. So there was a rigorous peer review of the study and as you say, the, those that used uh, ivermectin in a prophylactic way versus the control group that did not, the results are clear there. But I think what we're, what we're trying to say here is this is not a cheerleading session for ivermectin because we don't know. What this is, is a session to say, why weren't we doing similar tests here? When people were first starting to say, hey, this seems to work. Why wasn't there a huge study in the U.S. to try to produce the same results and hey if it didn't pass muster that's fine but why would no why did they refuse to check this why did they refuse to even consider it now we're finding out in a peer-reviewed test that it appears it appears to have made a pretty significant difference in people now we don't know because uh we don't know how sick people might have been uh, w without it, because as we know, the survival rate is already 99% unless you're very old or very ill. But nevertheless, I think the real message that we get across in this segment is, where was the U.S.? You talk about the science. Well, they did some science in Brazil. We got a couple scientists here. Why were they not allowed to do these kind of massive studies to see maybe there's something to give people hope if you get sick rather than go home and wait till we put you on a ventilator and you die, we'll give you some remdesivir and blow out your kidneys. So it's, um, that's the real message, Dr. Paul. And I think, you know, when the smoke clears, there's going to be a lot of people with blood on their hands. Daniel, if you have another statement and you want to close out, because I think we'll close out our program for the day. Well, I'll just close out by asking people to bear with us when we have to do these. <laughs> uh, I think we've got a system going here and this is, you know, I'm, I'm refurbishing our RPI office over here. So I'm, I'm kind of happy to be here, but we certainly appreciate people sticking with us, and hopefully we'll be back into the uh, 
into the old studio by tomorrow or soon. Very good, Daniel. And I want to thank the viewers for tuning in once again uh, today because uh, w without a few viewers, uh, you know, we'll get discouraged. But the truth is, we have been encouraged. We do get feedback and we get calls from around the world. And uh, uh, people do listen, even though we don't have millions. I still think the issue is the principles. And of course, the basic principle of liberty for me is, is, is the goal that we should strive for, because no matter whether it's a social problem, an economic problem, a religious problem, or a political problem, it can be solved uh, in the best manner possible by voluntarism and, uh, and non-coercion. And that is not difficult. Our country understood that. And it was also known to uh, be applied to monetary system. And that is when you had the greatest prosperity and the largest middle class. That is all changing right now. And, uh, and although we talked about some of the positive things happening today, the big overriding issue right now that will continue, even if COVID goes away, it will be economics and it will be living beyond our means. And a country that lives beyond its means will be forced to solve the problems by living beneath its means. And that's why people are growing angrier and angrier because the tax burden is falling on the middle class and the poor, because that is what it is, a tax to pay for all the spending that we've gone through. And there has been plenty uh, related to, uh, to the COVID as, as well as what the Federal Reserve does. But it's, uh, it's, it's an epidemic in spending and uh, it is shared by Republicans and Democrats. And uh, it has to be by people who are saying, enough is enough, we want our freedom back. And believe me, a lot of good could come from that. I wanna thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.